are listening to the one of us.net podcast network it's time for the oscar ceremony pre-show predictions thing on the eye of the prize Woo! i was gonna say it sounded like you're falling off a cliff for like half of that <laughs> 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 I, I'm just that excited, man. I even when I was falling off a cliff, I would talk about the Oscars. That's <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to the Eye on the Prize once again. Uh, we had a bit of a lengthy hiatus this time, just because again there wasn't really a lot to talk about. And if we did talk about it, we talked about it on the Breakfast Pub, which you can listen to. You know, subscribers, plug, plug, plug. Go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, you should, because I'm on those episodes. Yes, They're great. Yes, he is. I want to. <laughs> Huge shout out to Shaq and Nick Tice for appearing on both of those episodes. Uh, Nick on a special cameo on the first episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And uh, yeah, most of the stuff we took covered there was just guild news. You know, like, hey, the BAFTAs, three billboards won, and that's probably going to be a big sign for something. So yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, we are here now, our proper podcast, and we are going to talk about the predictions for the Academy Awards. The ceremony is this Sunday, March 4th. So, I know I'm excited. I'm actually um, planning a party to, uh, for a bunch of my friends down here. So, that's going to be really fun. Hey, that's sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, It's just something I like to do. Like, and, and, It was funny. I was talking to one of my other friends, uh, and, she was just, and I'm just like, oh, it's going to be so exciting. It's like, yeah, if you're a film nerd. And I'm like, you know, it, I, invite my non- <laughs> I invite my non-film friends just because it's an excuse to hang out with people. You know, it's like, it could be tennis playing. As long as I have people to sit around and talk to with it. That, that's all that matters for me in the end. Well, I can't see who wouldn't be into... I can't see who wouldn't be into, like, this idea. Like, a lot of people see movies, so... Yeah, like, why wouldn't this be fun for pretty much everybody? Well, I mean, most most people I know have probably not seen most of the nominees on the list. You know, like, mm. I doubt there's a huge audience for Call Me By Your Name. You know, like, people are just like, man, I want to see that movie where the boy sticks his sting into a peach. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um... If you like that, though, the, then power to you. <laughs> all you fruit fuckers out there. <laughs> but, um... Uh, no, the Oscars... <laughs> no, the Oscars... At least I think that that's at least in terms of award shows, that's one of like the few. I want to say like at least like three or four of them that like everyone watches, regardless of like whether they're they've seen the movies or not. They just like seeing like shit go if shit goes down, especially with last year how that went down. I think that people are gonna be tuning in and see. Oh, is there gonna be some crazy shit that happens like this year? There probably won't, but there's always that possibility. And not to mention, I'm on Twitter all the time when I use, like, when I watch these award shows, and that's when everyone just chimes in with so many jokes and memes and stuff, and it's instant. So I think this is one of those times, the Oscars is, like, one of the most prime moments for that kind of stuff. So I'm 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 really excited. Yeah, no, it should be really fun. I mean, it's funny because I, I, I read a few articles recently, and I kind of agree on both sentiments where it's like, yes, on the one hand... After last year and, you know, how that happened last minute where it's like, oh, yeah, Moonlight actually won, everyone wants to see that moment happen again, which it probably won't because they're going to keep that on lock and key, make sure everything goes exactly as planned. Yeah. But I I also see some of the rising sentiments just like, man, you know, if you thought last year was political, wait until this year after everything that has happened, <laughs> you know, so. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's something, which I admit, like, 
I get everyone has the right to say whatever they want to say. That did start to grate on me a little bit uh, last year. I mean, actually, you know, to be fair, the Golden Globes was worse, but I think because it was an it was an inaction that they tried to make as an action. Yeah, and so it's kind of the same thing going on here. Where it's like, oh yeah, they're going to dress me too. It's going to be about the president. It's going to be about all this other kind of stuff. And apparently, Kimmel actually tweeted just like, look. I can't give you a percentage number of how much it's going to be in the show, but it's going to be in the show. So just be. Yeah, so. that's what I mean. It's inev- it's inevitable, and it's something that is worth talking about and addressing on a bigger platform. It's just one of those things that, like, I'd like to see some actual practice. Like, there might be practice that we don't know because we don't know everything. But it's one of those things that, like, when you see just, like, a lot of grandstanding statements without any actual, like, kind of follow-through from some people – it's it can be seen as frustrating. Yeah, no, and I think uh, the lower, you know, the ratings continuing to fall is kind of showing that a little bit. So I think they're going to be very, you know, they're going to be aggressive, but they're going to try to be as strategic as possible with how they do that. But yeah, I know, I know that like one of the things I read recently was that uh, because Ryan Seacrest is what, the newest dude involved in this whole in the involved in allegations. Um, I know that I read some report that said a lot of people are going to try actively avoid him during the red carpet uh, stuff. So that's one of those things I'm like, all right, that's kind of distancing yourself, which which works and it makes sense. But at the same time, like, I feel like you can do more. But at the same time, I'm not the right person to speak about what's the right thing to do because I've, I've never been in that situation. So, yeah. I think that's they, a more. They might, be, they might be doing as best as they can. Yeah. Without being like seen as like going over the top, like say, um, uh, what was it? What was the name? Fuck. Uh, Rose McGowan. That's it. Right. Oh yeah. But yeah. um, yeah. Just, like, the, there's so much more to the. There's so much more complexity to this than we know. That I feel like I'm gonna just let them just do how they want to. I'll let them react how they want to react because that's that's them. Yeah, I think that's the more interesting aspect about it, rather than than the straight politics. Because like I know we've got the Parkland shooting recently, and so everybody mm-hmm. is everybody has anti gun legislation and that sort of the the Never Again movement fresh on their minds. Uh, the Me Too movement seems less of a political movement to me rather than than a, than a, the, like a societal one, and so I think that'll have a bigger impact on the show rather than anything political. And I think they, they have more room to play with, with the Me Too movement rather than, than I think, politics. Because, like, who's who's not going to stand behind the Me Too movement? Like, Well, it's because it affects them so <laughs> yeah. know, specifically. Because, the, you know, Hollywood was kind of ground zero for the Me Too movement, it feels like. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see how it develops. But, you know, just like how I want to view my award show, this podcast is not going to only be about politics. And <laughs> we... This is about the movies. We want to talk. Uh, we talk about some real shit this time. Yeah, we're gonna talk. <laughs> you know this is an Oscar pre-show? Nah, <laughs> this is a CNN debate right now. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure we could go on, but I do actually have a few things on my notes here. I want to get through, and uh, I'm really excited because, well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to everyone who's helped me so far on this podcast. You know, JC, Shaq, Ian, you guys. You know, Ian. Hey, wherever you are out there, man. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been great. You know, just these last few months doing this podcast has been really fun. And I, you know, we'll have one more episode after this with the wrap up covering the winners. And then we'll probably take another hiatus break, whatever, for the season. But just thank you guys for taking the time to be out here, putting up with my BS. This has just been really, really fun. Just wanted to- Man, this has been, 
this has been super fun to do. Literally, when you asked me, I thought it was just going to be like, I was just there for like the week, just like a one-off. But doing these continuously have been like super, super fun. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I'm, I'm just really excited. And then uh, also on my uh, train here of giving out shout-outs, um, I know that Zach Chapman gave a shout-out on the Breakfast Pub a while back for Eye on the Prize. And uh, I want to return the favor just saying, hey, if you guys are listening to this, uh, thank you, by the way. You guys are very generous. Uh, also, you should check out Zach's podcast that he's on, Books and Beer, which is obviously a discussion on literature and beer, apparently. But, um, yeah, him, Miguel, and Andrew, and you know whoever comes on, they talk about different themes of literature, uh, sword and sorcery, and sci-fi, and that kind of stuff. Uh, they just covered the part two of their sword and sorcery, um, I believe, a week or so ago. And, yeah, give it a listen. It's, 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 a, good to- it's a good time. So. And I know uh, JC here recently has been working with Zach uh, on a few of the other local reviews and that stuff, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. So, yeah. Uh, chat- returning the shout-out, buddy. Okay. Shout-out, homie. <laughs> Woo! So, uh, first things first, just a couple you know, minor Guild Award things that came up here. Uh, first of all, there was the Makeup Guild Award that happened. And no surprise, and a spoiler for who I think the predicted winner is going to be, Darkest Hour won. So, yeah. Of course. Uh, it's a, you know, that fat suit, man. People love fat suits. I mean, <laughs> I mean, wait, did, did they love it in. Actually, never mind. They did love it in Norbit. Did, didn't they get a nomination? I'm pretty sure it didn't win. No, it didn't but win. But I know no. it got a nomination. Norbit got nominated. Click got nominated. Click, I was going to say, Click got nominated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking click. People love fat suits, man. <laughs> Uh, and did I ever tell you my click story? It's just like how that went about. Oh no! Tell when me I was about like, it. I, I went. Uh, I went to go see it when I was thirteen for a friend's birthday party, and we were all super excited for it to be like the next comedic Adam Sandler romp because oh. that's when you're supposed to like it when you're like thirteen. And so, when it takes that massive tonal shift into like a straight up morality drama. We all looked at each other like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and it even got, like, the thing is, the worst part is that it actually got me at, the, like, near the end, like, the peak of, like, the dramatic moment. And, like, I saw a tear rolling down. I was like, what the fuck? And the moment they hit that twist ending, I've never been more furious at a movie in my life <laughs> and how much it manipulated me emotionally. <laughs> wow. God. Fuck Click, man. <laughs> That's what makes it almost worse than all the other Adam Sandler movies to me. I am glad I swore off Adam Sandler movies years ago. So that's all. Oh I'm man. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yes. Apparently, if you wear fat suits, you're guaranteed at least Oscar nominations, no matter how crappy your movie is. And thankfully, Darkest Hour is not a crappy movie. So I think I think it actually deserves to win that category. But. Um, also, something else that was cool, there was the Sound Mixing Awards. Now, we talked about sound editing previously on Breakfast Pub, and Blade Runner won that prize. And, unsurprisingly, too, Dunkirk won for Sound Mixing here, at the, at the Guild Award there. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean... <laughs> that's all I can put it as. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm only a little bit, um, how do you say? I don't really care for that too much, because Dunkirk tried actively to deafen me when I was in the theater, <laughs> like that's that's what makes it work though like I, I like normally i would get that but at the same time dunkirk's whole meaning is to put you in the shit and there's no way better to put it is if you hear it as if you're actually there sure like those gunshots are the most terrifying gunshots and they didn't hit anybody well except for that <laughs> beginning sequence when they shot down all the other guys Aside from those guys, but still, they're still the most terrifying gunshots in the set, like in recent memory in film. 
because it's one of those ones that's just like you feel the impact of it. Oh yeah, no, I felt the impact. Uh, my ears were still ringing by the time I left the theater because that whole <laughs> oh, not you know it's very quiet, it's very atmospheric. The kids, uh, you know, like one of the guys trying to drink water from the hose and that stuff, and then you hear this Kavow! and I was like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> But, okay, yeah, no, that is effective, definitely, to some people. Uh, so, yeah, uh, hey, there you go. You'll probably get to see Dunkirk walk away with maybe one, maybe two prizes. But, on that note, now getting all that stuff out of the way, it is time for us to predict the winners for the Academy Awards. Woo! All right. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't really have a formal structure of how to do this, but basically, I, I know JC actually suggested this idea before the podcast, uh, you, my man, are a gambling man, correct? Yeah, I uh, love gambling, and uh, one of the ways in which I've actually won the last, uh, I think, three out of the last five uh, pools from the parties I've gone to, uh, I've won wow. just by strictly picking, mostly picking uh, Vegas favorites. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, I, and it, yeah, and every now and then they're pretty interesting. I'm, I'm actually kind of proud just to toot my own horn. Uh, the year that Spotlight won, um, I forgot what the big favorite was that year, but just kind of leading up to it, I was just like, I have this really weird feeling that Spotlight's going to win. And everybody was like, you're crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I put, it, I put it on there, and sure enough, that's what put me over the top of that year and won, won me that pool. Oh! Um, <laughs> like, the favorite was either, uh, I think it was The Revenant. Yeah, it was either Revenant, Big Short, or Mad Max. Like, it was kind of like... Yeah. No it was, yeah, I, I, I felt like, I was like, there's too many split votes here, and I think right up the middle, Spotlight's just going to come and take it. And that's, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, no, that is still, like, I think, in recent memory, that is the fewest amount of wins for a Best Picture win- winner. Like, we're that and just screenplay. Like, <laughs> it's pretty impressive, I gotta say. Just a slight in it. Yeah. Like, hey, we got the spotlight! Hell! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Um, so, <laughs> still should have been Mad Max, but, uh, yeah, continue. <laughs> so, um, I think what we want to do then is uh, we'll go through some of the major categories, and, JC, you can run through some of the Vegas odds on the nominees on there. So, yep. Let's see. Um, I know I gave the option to be able to open up to smaller categories, but do you want to start with like the big ones first, or do you want to try to go through some of the smaller ones? Uh, it's up to you. We can we can go. We can start from the bottom. All right. <laughs> yeah. Let, let yeah. Let's start. Let's start from the small one. We got to say say the big finish. <laughs> All right. Now we can go really small, where I can say best live action short. Uh, <laughs> did anyone predict that one? Listen, I, I, these are the ones I'm like the least informed on the short film, so let's just get let's just get those out the way. Yeah, yeah no, Vegas, so... Vegas didn't list odds for those. Um... <laughs> wow, even <laughs> Vegas doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I know some people on Gold Derby and some of those other things that did have some odds, and I believe the predicted favorite on that one is to call the elementary. Um, that or the 11 o'clock or my ne- uh, my nephew Emmett are probably going to win. But for me, I'm picking DeKalb Elementary. That's my, been my uh, pick so, for the for the while. So did anyone predict that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, this is one of the ones I just picked the name. <laughs> my, my strategy for these is to read the synopses and whichever one is about, like, the military or, like, what, are, what kind of war-torn country, <laughs> then I go with that one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those don't always win, but they have a higher chance to win than usual. Yeah. So, I remember uh, White Helmets won for documentary feature, la- I mean, documentary short last um, year because of that. So, uh, speaking of which, documentary shorts. Um, for this one, I 
took took a gamble on this one too. Hey, there we go. Uh, I picked Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405 just because that title attracts people's attention. So, yeah. That is the exact same one I took for that exact same reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are there any Vegas odds on that one, JC? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Man, Vegas is great so far. <laughs> but let's see. Um, then animated short, just to get the short categories out of the way. Uh, I went with Dear Basketball just because, you know, hey, it's Kobe Bryant and people are familiar with that name. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I went. I think uh, he's now that he's a, he's a retired uh, athlete, he's trying to make his way into into Hollywood. And so I think he he's getting to know a lot of people. And so that that's a great first step for him to uh, basically co-write uh, an Oscar nominated short. Indeed. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the same thing for that same reason. Just yeah, Co- Kobe Kobe's the biggest name here, and they're gonna want to give him that Oscar to go like, hey, listen, we got a big name showing up at the show. So yeah, it's probably it's probably him. I think the, does... only, the only thing that might cast a shadow on that were people trying to bring up his uh, his allegations back in the day. You know, yep. that nominated everyone's like. Oh yeah, we got a uh, non-convicted rapist who got nominated for an Oscar kind of stuff. So it yeah. depends on if that wins over or not. Uh, in the- mm-hmm. I was going to say it only kind of bugs me because my favorite player is LeBron James, and when he retires, he can't do anything like that because then he'll be called a copycat. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, oh, didn't Le- LeBron got in the acting game before Kobe did with Trainwreck, and yeah. he was the best part of that damn movie aside from John Cena, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so no, technically LeBron has a bigger foot in the door already. That's well, true. Has Kobe not been in a movie before that? I don't think I don't he's... think so. Maybe a cameo somewhere, but I don't think he's been, like, okay, in a movie He's been movie. in, like, Spike Lee documentaries, but yeah, I don't think he's ever been, uh... Because he did that Kobe Kobe doing work video, or the movie? Yeah. Called? Yeah, okay, alright, cool. Alright, so, the short categories are gone, bye-bye. <laughs> um, documentary feature. Now, this ought to be an interesting one, because we have a lot of... But we have a huge range of topics covered here. Um, what war, sports, prison, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, for me, I actually decided to go on the limb and pick Icarus. I think that it's kind of relevant and on people's minds at the moment, and it does send a political statement about the topic that it's covering. So, yeah, I think. And plus, having seen uh, sports documentaries win in the past, like Undefeated, I have a feeling this might work to its favor. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick. There there are Vegas odds on that one. The the odds on favorite is actually faces places. Mm-hmm. That's the one uh, I picked for the yeah because yeah, I feel like that one's got the biggest uh, amount of buzz behind it in terms of documentaries. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's the highest reviewed. I think of all the, the nominees here for sure. Yeah, in terms of the numbers, it's not a huge favorite. It's minus three hundred, and what that basically means is you have to, you'd have to bet three hundred dollars to win one hundred dollars. Uh, Icarus is plus 300, which is basically three to one. Uh, and uh-huh. so it's, it's second place out of those five. Uh, so it's not a bad bet if you were to, uh, take it. So I would make a profit if I won this one. So, woo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I like that odd. Uh, but yeah, I think either of those two would be worthy winners. So it just depends on what type of mood the Oscars are in. Cause honestly, I, I, I've still not seen faces or places yet, but I, I hear it's great. So I'm really excited. Uh, and then going from there. I'm going to go for Best Foreign Film. Now, this one, obviously, I mean, I guess I, I, I was right that they took off Foxtrot because of political reasons, I'm sure. You know, they weren't going to vote for that. But, and, I mean, to be fair, Israel kind of disavowed Foxtrot because, like, yeah, it's not very nice to us, so we're just not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> but um, 
Uh, for the nominees here, I'm curious what the odds are because my pick, and I think it's pretty much the runaway winner, is Fantastic Woman. Yeah, they're pretty even. Uh, Fantastic Woman is minus 180, uh, so that's the favorite. Um, but the square is plus 190, um, which is uh, almost 2 to 1. So less than 2 to 1 versus... Uh, I forget how the math goes the other way, but um, yeah, it's not a huge favorite over the square. Uh, it's pretty much a two-man battle between between those two. Yeah, I can't see any of the other nominees winning over that. And I mean, yeah. I love uh, the guy who directs the square, uh, Ruben Ostland. Uh, actually, first in class I did last night, we watched a short film he did before he did even um, Force Majeure, which was hilarious, where he um, did a reenactment of an actual bank robbery that just went disastrous in uh, his native land. So it's... <laughs> He's got a great sense of style and direction, but I think Fantastic Woman, one, it looks beautiful, just the way that it's shot and constructed, and two, it's topical. I think that it gets a lot of traction with the Oscars. But then, uh, sorry, Shaq, go ahead. Yeah, no, Fantastic Woman was also my pick, because um, that's also just as much the one where, I'm, uh, at least with the square, I feel like the people, there's a very kind of almost split reaction with people. Like, I know it's still mostly favorable, but it's it's such a split reaction with people. It's a weird that, movie. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's fucking weird from what I've heard. <laughs> and at the very least with a fantastic, a fantastic woman, everyone that I've known who's seen it has said they've loved it. And I feel like that one has had also just like a uh, faces places. That's had the biggest buzz, the most consistent buzz out of any foreign language film. At least oh, yeah. the ones competing. Yeah, and I think uh, having its wide release only in the last few weeks has kind of helped boost its profile in this late in the Oscar in the voting period. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it gets the advantage of that. I mean, the square came out what last year in Cannes, so it's been it's been yeah. a while. Um, I know, and the Academy has short term memories, we know. <laughs> but um, going from there, best animated feature, um, uh, JC, are the odds just extremely ridiculously ridiculously in Coco's favorite favorite because that's. <laughs> So. Yeah, it's it's minus five thousand. Uh, oh my so. god! Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, beyond that, boss, boss, baby, loving Vincent Breadwinner are all like fifteen to one. Ferdinand is thirty to one. Like why? Ooh. Ferdinand. Yo, watch them put. Watch them pick Ferdinand just to fuck over all the Vegas people. There's gonna be a very very happy dude in Vegas, just like I love Ferdinand. Yay! <laughs> Dude, it means John Cena will be in an Academy Award-winning film. Well, yeah, he was a part of one at least. He's the lead. <laughs> uh, no, I know, I know. He's not going to win that Oscar. Just he's part of that movie. But <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. So did either you guys not vote for Coco? I don't know who the fuck didn't vote for Coco. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those weird years. I've actually only seen one of the animated features. I usually see a couple, if not all of them. And, yeah, you know yeah. what? I haven't seen any of these ones either. So yeah, it's not just you. I'm shocked because uh, I love the guys who do the breadwinner. I've seen uh, Song of the Sea and um, Book of Kells, so mm-hmm. I still need to check out this one. Oh, no, sorry, Secret of Kells. So then from there, Best Original Song. Uh, I also think this one, maybe not as ridiculously outpaced like that, but I'm sure Coco is probably the uh, Vegas favorite, right? Uh, it is. Okay. Uh, uh, minus, what- one, minus 160, so pretty, not a huge favorite. Uh, what's number two? I'm curious. Uh, this is me, the greatest show. Okay, th- yep. honestly, that's honestly what I thought because 
Greatest Showman is still like the weirdest movie to have so much fucking buzz for so long. Dude, did you At see the videos like just like audience with the audiences? Yeah, people and... bring up videos of like acapella performances. Even my old undergraduate Brigham Young University did an acapella rendition of all the songs from Great- Greatest Showman. It's got a fan. Anyway, I did tell you about the time I went to go see uh, what was it uh, Black Panther for like when I went to go see it the second time. And there were two people sitting right beside me, and they were just, like, having a regular conversation about, like, movies and stuff. And then one dude was like, yeah, no, me and my wife went to go see The Greatest Showman three times. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening? People like it, man. <laughs> they, they like that movie. <laughs> Apparently, I just keep coming across people who've seen this shit so many times. Like, I see Black Panther. <laughs> I just imagine uh, Black Panther basically like, this is me. <laughs> you know? Right? Man, fuck. <laughs> I ain't got anything else, but yeah, no, I voted for Remember Me. Okay, yeah, no, I voted that too. Uh, JC, you did as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, uh, you know, guaranteed. But I, I also do agree that Greatest Showman would definitely win if that one doesn't win. Uh, bad personal opinion. <laughs> oh, just thinking Black Panther too. Did I tell you about my viewing experience with Black Panther, Shaq? No. Oh, well, um... I mean, again, I did like the movie a lot. I think it's really good. But there were these two guys who sat next to me, and they were both black guys. Um, but the funny part, they were those guys where throughout the entire movie, and they almost made it better just sitting next to them because the whole time they're like, yo, man, man, oh, whoa, look at that. Oh, the commentary, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was kind of fun. Like, at some point, I just started to jump in and was like, dude, man, look at that. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was really, really fun, actually. Man. I'm not gonna lie, that was almost me. Like, I was trying to keep it composed, but there are so many moments, especially during, like, the car chase, that I lost my shit. I, like, I was just, like, cackling, but, like, <laughs> trying to keep it as quiet as I could. It was funny, too, yeah. because they, they were like that throughout the entire, like, first half of the movie. Second half, dead silent. Just totally. Because it got instant. real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that car chase is, uh, in Korea is amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty good. Um,. All right, then. So, best original score. Uh, now, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, we had that huge thing last week where we talked about it. I still say Shape of Water probably would be the winner. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I'll, yeah. <laughs> before you say the odds, I, yeah, I want to say mine's also probably Shape of Water. Yeah, Shape of Water, uh, overwhelming favorite, uh, minus 400. Uh, okay. Dunkirk, 5 to 1. Phantom Third 7 to 1. Beyond that, the other two are 15 to 1. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Awesome. So, yeah, so then Shape of Water is your pick as well, JC? Yeah. All right, cool. No, I think... Wow, this is boring. We're agreeing a lot. We need some disagreements here soon. <laughs> Wait till we get to the bigger areas. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, making our three way up the technical categories, we got Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Um, again... <laughs> Literally, it's just Darkest Hours. Yeah, yeah. Darkest the odds. Hours. Come on. What, what are the odds? Yeah, it's one of the second biggest favorites at minus 1,000. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just out of curiosity, how much is Victoria and Abdul? Uh, plus about twenty to twenty to one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. I. <laughs> Who saw Victoria and Abdul? Did you? <laughs> Old people. <laughs> Old British people. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, wonder. At least some people would have seen that movie. So. No, yeah. So wonder. Wonder, wonder could sneak did. in there at five to one. Could be. Could be good. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not well, okay, no, it's still pretty far out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, best visual effects. Here we go. Get into the fun stuff here. Uh, now, this one I'm curious because I know I went with maybe probably what's the second pick. I picked Blade Runner. Uh, I just get this feeling that 
Planet of the Apes has been snubbed every time whenever it's up for this category. And even though people want to give it its due, I just, I don't know. I'm going with my gut, and I like Blade Runner, so. Yeah, I, 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 this is yeah, the first one where I'll diverge, where I'm going to go, like, I want to say Blade Runner is so bad, but I just have, like, a slight feeling that they will give it to War for the Planet of the Apes. Just because it's, like, a kind of, like, a yeah, we acknowledge, like, there's so much detail in this, it's insane. So I, I, I'm going to give it to that. All because right. at least, at the very least, I remember uh, when Ex Machina won, that would have had a lot more, like, of the subtle effects rather than, well, I believe it, uh, there was another movie that was way more showy that everyone thought was going to win, but it ended up not. Um, fuck, what was it? Uh, I was literally just trying to drag this out while I find it. Well, because I know up um, that year was uh, Mad Max and a couple other films, too. That's it. Mad Max, The Revenant. I know uh, The Martian and, St- and Force Awakens. And oh, I know yeah, a lot yeah, of people, yeah. yeah, not that many people were looking at Ex Machina, at least in terms of visual effects, even though it's a really cool visual effect. But I feel like that might be a similar case here. Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. More subtle stuff. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, I agree with you in that, in that Ex Machina, like, basically a lot of the bulk of the visual effects kind of being her, just really just her midsection and like a bald cap. That's more impressive to me than than putting an actor in a giant green room, which is what would have happened in Blade Runner. Um so oh. I, I would I would pick War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, it's actually about a two man race between both both of them that have the same odds at minus one fifteen. Uh, if you pick any of the other three, you're basically lighting money on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what you're saying that Kong Skull Island is not the runaway predicted favorite in this one? <laughs> no, it's the uh, the biggest underdog at thirty. No, actually, Darkest Hour to win Best Production Design is the biggest underdog. Uh, but Kong Kong Skull Island is the second biggest underdog. Ooh, at thirty-three to one. <laughs> oh, sheesh! Man, that, that movie is so good too in terms of visuals. Like, like if it wasn't for Blade Runner and War for the Planet of the Apes coming out this year, uh, last year, I would have voted immediately for Kong. But like, ugh. <laughs> well, you know. um. So then, best sound editing. Uh, this ought to be interesting because you know, I still think that only sound editors actually understand what distinguishes sound editing from sound mixing. I mean, yep, literally, I was about to ask you, like, I was actually going to ask you. Okay, so from do. what I understand, sound mixing um, refers more to, like, on-set recording and mixing audio, kind of like, you know, like, sound mixing boards we use for podcasts and such, and then... Oh, okay, yeah. And then I think sound editing is more post-production work uh, for sound. Yeah. Uh, no Vegas odds on these. Um, None? No. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, then, I'm just going to say, again, Blade Runner. Uh, Arrival won the same category last year from the same director, and, I mean, Blade Runner is an auditory, awesome experience. You know, but, like, it's funny, I, I, I was re-watching Blade Runner on Blu-ray the other day, and I'm like, you know, I still love it, but that experience of, like, being immersed in the sound in the theater is still unparalleled for this kind of movie. This is, well, this is one that was made to be watched on a big screen with a big sound um, studio. But uh, then, what do you guys pick for that one? Um, for for mixing, yeah, uh, editing. Sorry, oh, editing. I'm gonna pick Baby Driver because oh, that, that that's editing? literally the the purpose of this movie is <laughs> just sound editing. <laughs> okay, uh, and then JC, what about you? Uh, I'd probably go with Dunkirk. Okay, hey, yeah, totally different predictions for each one. <laughs> and you know, those are all good picks. I think, like you know, yeah, I I wouldn't be bothered really by any of those winning. Uh, Actually, I'd be more bothered if Shape of Water won, because I think the sound's good in Shape of Water, but I would never, ever pick it for that category. 
Yeah, not for that specific one. Yeah. Um. So then Sam Nixing, this one's tough because I debated between Dunkirk and Baby Driver on this one. I mean, Blade Runner, obviously I love Blade Runner, but I think those two would have a better chance of winning Sam Nixing, but I'm going to go with Dunkirk for my predicted nominee. Yeah, I'm, probably, I'm sticking with Dunkirk also on this one. And then JC? Uh, yeah, probably Dunkirk. <laughs> and then are there any Vegas odds on sound mixing? Uh, no. They really hate sound in short categories, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're like, ain't nobody give a fuck about that. <laughs> like, people, again, we're an Oscar podcast and we still aren't con- entirely sure of the difference between sound editing and mixing. Well, yeah. I explained it to you at least, so I think. At the very least, like, I have a bigger comprehension I've, I've had about it. Than I have in, like, the past, like, what, like, 10, 15 years I've been watching the Oscars. <laughs> okay. Uh, best film editing. And I apologize, there's construction going on next to me, so you might hear a few uh, screwing sounds over there. <laughs> um, best film editing. Uh, this one, okay, so this one I got a little shaken up because BAFTAs gave it to Baby Driver, which, you know, hey, people love Baby Driver, so I wouldn't be surprised if it won. I think I'm going to go with Dunkirk just because, again, it's kind of popular choice. But I would not be surprised if Baby Driver got it, too. Yeah, um, this is this is also one where I go to Baby Driver because just like sound uh, sound editing, the whole purpose of the film is basically it's how, it's in how it's edited precisely to the music. And Edgar Wright usually has a really kind of snappy uh, editing style that, like, honestly should have gotten recognized since, like, Scott Pilgrim, if not even sooner, but um, Baby Driver is probably the best editing he uh, a film like his has had. So I had to give it straight to that. Like not not shitting on the other movies because they all have great editing. Especially uh, I Tanya is an un- really underrated pick in terms oh, of that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. um, it's still to me it's Baby Driver's the runaway on this one. All right, and then JC. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Baby Driver's got got a, a good shot at, at plus two twenty. The favorite's Dunkirk minus four hundred, and and that sort of is, is is what drove my my sound picks because I feel like Dunkirk is one of those movies that um, I feel like it's either between Shape of Water or Dunkirk that like will win a lot of the technical awards, and the movies that win a lot of the technical awards won't win any of the actual performance or or film awards. Um, so that's kind of what what I was thinking there. Okay, so you picked uh, Dunkirk for film film editing then. Uh, yeah. I, I'd love to see Baby Driver win it, but, uh, I feel like it'll be Dunkirk. Alrighty. Okay, so now we're moving up to the bigger categories here. We got costume design, and, uh, this one I'm curious what the biggest odds are, because I know people are kind of split between Shape of Water and Phantom Thread. Uh, I'm going with Phantom Thread. I just have a feeling that with all the love that Phantom Thread got for, you know, out of nowhere for Best Picture in the big categories, it might as well walk away with one award, uh, somewhere. Uh, it might be about the one that's about fashion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that's also a predictable thing, like where the Academy loves period pieces and things that are made with lavish costumes in that category. So, so yeah, yeah, no, it's one hundred percent going to be Phantom Thread. <laughs> uh, yeah, JC. Um, yeah, I'd pick Phantom Thread there. Uh, interestingly enough, the uh, Shape of Water has the third best odds, second being Beauty and the Beast at five fifty. Oh really? Uh, yeah, Shape of Water is a pretty low underdog at fifteen to one, um, but Phantom Thread is minus nine hundred, so it's a pretty strong favorite. Okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, no, and also um, Mark Bridges, who did the costumes, already won for the artist, so he's got a little bit of a reputation for being a guy with exquisite costumes. But uh, going from there, we got production design, and again, as much as it broke my heart to not pick Blade Runner this category, I would vote it for every single category. Dang it! 
but <laughs> I did pick for this one. I went with Shape of Water because that's been winning most of the prizes leading up to this point. And then uh, Shaq? Yeah, um, I'd pr- like, I want to go, bl- uh, this is another one where like, I want to go Blade Runner, but I'm going to go with Shape of Water on this one. I feel like that's, in terms of like all the technical stuff that is nominated for, that might be one of the ones it wins for, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And then JC? Uh, yeah, Shape of Water is the Vegas favorite. Um, at minus 600, uh, Blade Runner plus 350, so it's also got a decent chance. Um, but yeah, I, I think even uh, I said it in, in, that was one of the episodes I talked about where, like, me personally, I feel like it's it's more of a challenge, I think, to, to create an entire set uh, to look like it's in the past rather than be either mostly green screen or just a couple of of, uh, of actual props and then build around that. So uh, to me, Shape of Water was a little bit more impressive uh, as far as production design. Sure, sure. I mean, to be fair, I watched some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff for Blade Runner, and there is still a lot of practical effect work that's done in Blade Runner. It's just, yeah, they have a few insert shots with CG, you know, scattered throughout, mm-hmm. throughout it. But, yeah, no, I, I, get, I get what you mean by that, so... Um, and then going from there, cinematography. And this one's actually an award I love in the Oscars. Because one, I'm usually pretty good at predicting the nominees. Uh, the last few years, they usually get all five right. But I also really just like looking at cinematography, just looking at the, the art it takes to craft shots like this. And, yeah. And because of that, there is no doubt in my mind, and there should not be any doubt, and you all should pick for this too. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Roger Deakins. 14 nominees, uh, nominations, no wins. Cut. Oh, and 14. <laughs> but no, listen, I'm going to be mad if he doesn't win this year. I know. I'm pretty sure he's like the clear 100% runaway favorite with the only other person being relatively, uh, relative competition being Mudbound. But it's going to be Blade Runner. Well, I'm yeah. curious then. So, yeah, uh, sh- sh- I don't know Ian. JC, what's your pick and what are the Vegas odds? Uh, yeah, I feel like this is finally Roger Deakins' year. Uh, Blade Runner, big favorite, minus 800. Dunkirk at plus 600. Mudbound is actually plus 2,000. Um, oh, wow. Really? Yeah. To be fair, I think Dunkirk is more popular than Mudbound, so that's why it has the better cred. But Mudbound, because of the fact that it's the first woman to ever be nominated for cinematography, that's giving it a little extra boost as well. Uh, so, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, then... Uh, adapted screenplay. Now, this I'm curious about because I don't think I, I don't think anyone actually has a clear favorite in here. Like, I mean, I know there is one obvious favorite that's like the one that's won every prize. But if you ask most people which of these movies they saw, I'm sure most of them would say Logan. To be fair, <laughs> but um, uh, I think Comet by Your Name is going to win this. This is going to be the only prize it'll win uh, throughout the night. Uh, Jack, what do you think? Yeah, um, uh, I want to give it to Logan so bad. I want them to go like. You know what? Superhero movies, like, this is the one that, like, that elevates the genre to a territory that we've never seen before. But, Call Me By Your Name, not getting anything is not going to happen. I don't think so. I, this, yeah, like you said, this will probably be the only thing it wins. And I haven't seen, I still haven't seen it, so I can't, I can't comment, comment on whether, how I feel about it or not. Just, like, I'd personally love to see Logan, but I can, I can completely understand if Call Me By Your Name takes it. And it probably will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Call Me By Your Name is the biggest favorite, minus 1,400. Um, I just, I, it wouldn't happen, but I'd imagine a scenario in which on the telecast, you know how they, like, take snippets of the uh, of the screenplay and sort of read that, overlay it over what's happening on the screen. 
No chance yeah. in hell they'd do it over the peach scene, but uh, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> and then it felt good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's a few sequences in Call Me By Name that I'm sure they would not want to uh, read out loud to the audience. No. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I mean, you know, actually, no, the other movies are actually pretty safe in that. I'm pretty... <laughs> other yeah. vanity. It, it'd probably be a lot of the... Uh the end scene between the father and the son, if I'd imagine what the snippet of the uh, screenplay would be. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because also to be fair, from what I know about Call Me By Your Name, there's a lot of visual in that movie, right? Like, it's, there's not a whole, like, there are talking sequences, but there's a lot of, like, just stretches of visual sumptu- uh, sumptuous shots, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shots that, that sort of linger on. Like, uh, there's a, a comedy troupe here in Austin that, that mocks movies similar to Mystery Science Theater. Oh, uh, Master Pancake? Yeah, and one of the, yeah. one of the common jokes is whenever a shot goes on too long, they're just like and cut, and cut. <laughs> uh, when when a shot refuses to cut, and there's a lot of that in Call Me by Your Name, and I'd imagine uh, there's there's screenplay subtext behind that. Yeah, I'm sure. Though uh, now I want to see them read out the scene where James Franco uh, in the Disaster Artist is walking around naked on the set. He's like, "I need to show my butt to make this scene work." You know? Oh yeah, there, that whole debacle during the the, the sex scene. Which is, whew, that was intense. <laughs> yeah, no, I found a clip of that summer on the on YouTube, and I'm just like, that seems raw. I, <laughs> and also funny, yeah. I'm like, I, I finally made it clicked with me like a week or so back. I'm like, oh, that dude who's playing the other script supervisor, the uh, the bald guy, that's what yeah. came from. How did this get made? The podcast. Oh yeah, Paul yeah. Shear, dude. I no, I love Paul Shear, so I was so happy to see him in this. And uh, would you ever watch the League on FX? Uh, no, because I remember uh, Jason Manzukis is the uh, the camera salesman, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, no, the league is honestly one of the most underrated shows that FX has had. And, like, yeah. I know it's had like a lengthy run, but it's one of those ones that people don't talk about as much, and it's just so consistently hilarious. Yeah, that that was my introduction to Jason Manzukis. Uh, the Rafi is such a fucking insane character <laughs> on on the league. Uh, Rafi's a fucking sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what's kind of cool about the disaster artist is it's sort of uh, if if you're a fan of that podcast, how did this get made? Is base it's almost how did this get made the movie? Oh yeah, no, I mean pretty <laughs> much everything they covered was a lot of stuff that um, Greg talked about in the podcast. At least yeah, some of the biggest moments. And then uh, actually June was in the movie also. She was that other actress who was telling the story about Tommy and the um... yes, yeah, because she was playing. She was a uh, she was playing a uh, what's it called that one the one friend uh, like was it Diane? Like I know you guys or? have seen the the room. But like that scene where like those two random people come into the apartment, they they like are about to have sex until uh, Lisa and her mom walks in. Yeah, <laughs> the guy who tries to get his underwear back <laughs> later. In the- yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I really like that a lot. And uh, it's funny because I admit I only just got into How Did This Get Made like two months ago because uh, Nick Tice recommended it to me, and I just like okay, I'm sure this this thing that podcast is hilarious. It is. Dude, you gotta you gotta listen to the, like the Fast and Furious episodes with Adam Scott. <laughs> Because oh, they come yeah. back and they have their, like, they, they, it's their own mini Fast family. They even did one for Triple X because it's pretty much Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. No, and I love um, one of the more recent ones, Superman 4. It's hysterical. Like, if you got yeah. that one, it is so good. Sorry, I know we're getting off to a huge tangent here. I just love the <laughs> stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and also funny, just sorry, one last thing. Jason Manzoukas talking about his first ever acting job he did is hilariously horrifying if you ever watch it it's him trying to talk about his terrible terrible prank show he did where pretty much they prank people who are looking for rooms uh, looking for apartments and it's the 
it is the single most mean-spirited thing you'll ever hear. And even he, at some point, all the cast members, when they did that episode of the show, they're just like... You can uh, you can find that on YouTube. I forgot what talk show he did that on, but yeah, uh, Conan. it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was is is really sad, <laughs> <laughs> but not so sad is the best original screenplay nominees, and uh, you know this one's actually going to be really interesting because I know for a fact it's going to be a you know a one two you know it, it's a two horse race in this one. Like Big Sick, no way. Lady Bird, probably not. Shape of Water, no way. Um, it's going to be either Get Out or Three Billboards, and it really depends on did they go with the audience favorite or did they go with the critic favorite. And it's hard to tell which is which because there are so many people who have such divisive opinions on that. I don't hate me, Shaq. I went with Three Billboards. I figured you would. I, you know, and to be fair, because I like that script you better. Again, yeah, we, we've talked about that length on like weeks during the show that you love the screenplay. <laughs> I think it's a great screenplay, you know, and Get Out is a good screenplay. I will not deny that. I just thought Three Billboards was better, just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, for me, it's it's Get Out. And I feel like Get Out is the is the uh, Vegas favorite, but uh, yeah, no, Get Out. I've talked about it. I like the other episodes. It's still like one of the best screenplays. Just, not even just like original adapted, like just best best screenplays. Period that I've read in a long time. So yeah. do you actually read the original screenplay for it, or I do. I actually do. Like on occasion, like sometimes I'll like look, uh, look out and just find some screenplays. But I remember Jordan Peele actually tweeted out, "Is like, hey, here's the link to the original the, the, to the Get Out screenplay. Read it if you want to." And I did, and it's still so good. Nice. Okay. Uh, and then yeah, JC. Yeah, Get Out. Uh, it's it's odds are even, which is basically a one on one. They uh, three billboards is a slight favorite. Uh, plus 150 so pretty pretty even race between those two uh my pick would would be get out uh i feel like it's a, it's a really tight screenplay there's not a wasted line uh from the very first time after i saw it the first time and then saw jordan peele do interviews about it and he and he made reference to yeah there's not you know every line in the beginning of the movie means something towards the end and the next couple times i saw it after that i would like pick up new things that i that were obvious in the beginning and it's like and yeah, it's it's an amazing screenplay in that yeah, not a wasted line throughout it. Yeah, everything means something. I haven't come across too many too many screenplays like that. Nice. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So screw me. I'm the guy who's so wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, fuck you, Justin. <laughs> I, I mean, I like Three Billboards a lot. I'm not I'm not one of those people who who felt like Sam Rockwell's character was was validated towards the end. He's he's despicable despicable the whole way, regardless. And I feel oh, like, yeah. in a weird way, despite the trauma she's go, the Frances McDormand's character is going through, is kind of is sort of despicable in her own way. Uh, and so, oh, they, they, yeah, they, they don't make you try to sympathize with anybody more than you have to, or if even if you don't want to, you don't have to sympathize with anyone in that movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of like about it. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, like, like I've mentioned my issues before, but like I, I still, yeah, no, I still like Three Billboards. I think I do think it's still a great screenplay, but it's just yeah, this is still it's still Get Out's game. <laughs> yeah. No, to be fair though, I went through after Three Billboards and looked up Martin Madonna's career, you know, outside of his movies as well, and. He's got some messed up stories that he writes about in his plays and his short films. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like he's almost kind of nihilistic, but in like uh, kind of he still laughs about it, but um, he's still like. Man, that's that's kind of really fucked up. No, like yeah. if you just read the plot synopsis for Six Shooter, his Oscar-winning uh, short film, you're just like, 
that is the single most depressing thing I've read all day. Like just just everything that happens in that movie. <laughs> but, yeah, and and I'm also uh, just to keep, stay on this category a little bit. I'm not I'm not sure. one who's normally for moral victories, but yeah, I'm so happy that the big sick got a nomination. I love that that screenplay in that movie so much to see. And to see the, 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 I mean, not the joy on his face, because you couldn't see his face, but the way he tweeted to, uh, Camille tweeted to his wife, uh, the morning they were nominated, it's like, their, their story is so, so cute and, uh, and adorable. And yeah, it's, I'd love that it got nominated. And I love that they get to be at the show, uh, as Oscar nominees. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. You don't see a lot of husband and wife teams that are up for this kind of stuff. And that's, that's pretty, that, that is very, that very adorable, very sweet. So. Um, going from there, Best Supporting Actress. All right, the big acting categories, finally. Woo! Um, this one ought to be interesting, because uh, I think Allison Janney is going to win. Though, Lori Metcalf, I'm sure, is right nipping at her heels there. Uh, Shaq, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, so, I'm still Team Janney, like, since day one. But, like, yeah, I still think, yeah, Lori Metcalf is like, if it's not Jenny, it's going to be Metcalf. Because I know I read some article, I think like yesterday, about like they were interviewing a lot of like some of the the recent additions to the academy, like the the younger voters, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot more of them felt uh, inclined more towards Met uh, Lori Metcalf. So it's interesting to see really? where it'll lie by the end of it. Huh? Yeah. I, I guess like you wouldn't think that. Well, I mean, I guess. Lady Bird does speak to maybe a younger generation of people. It does. That, I think that's the thing. And I know uh, a lot of people. Uh, I know one of them that stuck out was like, uh, "I love Jenny, but she's uh, but she is like she's won before." And no, she hasn't. Uh, Lori Metcalf is one of those things. Where, like she's she hasn't had like a major role like she has like in this. Like at least not this major. At least as far as people can remember. But and I think that's something that's endeared herself to a lot of other, of the, particularly of the younger voters. Yeah, yeah, I say that. And then uh, JC, um, yeah, the Vegas favorites, uh, Allison Janney, Itania at minus six hundred. Um, I'm kind of split between her and Lori Metcalf. Lori Metcalf plus four hundred. Um, I have heard a lot of people describe Janney's performance as really very too cartoonish, uh, and so that sort of turns people off. Uh, about it, whereas Laurie Metcalf's like seemed more natural, and yeah, a lot of people, a lot more people uh, identify with that sort of mother than you know, as, as opposed to Allison Janney and her type of mother. Though to be uh, fair, when you see the real person, and then you're like, oh no, they're pretty, actually pretty dead on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, I feel like my pick would be Itania, just because I I did like that movie a little bit more than Lady Bird, but Lady Bird is is a really solid movie, and Laurie Metcalf was amazing in it. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I totally agree. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I'll be happy either way because both were you – know, hooray for mothers. Let's just say – well, okay, not for Janice and Jenny's mothers. But... <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Mothers are represented this year. Um, <laughs> so, best supporting actor. Now, this one was so sad because I ate a big heaping help – I ate a lot of crow trying to say, oh, Willem Dafoe. It's unquestioned he's going to win, right? I'm upset by this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's still, like, second or so, but, uh, yeah, um, Sam Rockwell, I think, is going to win this, hands down. Like, and I'm happy, because I love Sam Rockwell. This is him getting his due after so many years in the industry. But, uh, what do you think, Shaq? Yeah, no, this is 100% Sam Rockwell. And, like, not to shit on him, because he did do a really good performance, and, he is such a consistently underrated guy for him to get like a major credit and 
uh, seeming like the favorite is great, but William William Defoe feels like such a transfer. It feels like such a transformation for him because we see him as usually weirdos and villains and psychopaths and, and just like overall crazy people, and sometimes all in the same time. <laughs> exactly, and for him to be like such a warm presence in this, it feels so different and so like like we mentioned with Laurie Metcalf, it feels so natural and that's like that's the whole purpose of Florida Project in general but he was just so significantly great to me that like I didn't let anyone else I'm like yeah you're you're great but you're not this <laughs> so I, I want to root for Defoe but it's it's I put Sam Rockwell as like the sensible pick I know it Will Defoe for his most likable role and Sam Rockwell, Rockwell for his most despicable role right <laughs> <laughs> When he, when he threw that dude off that roof uh, in the film, I'm just like, she's little man. man. I'm, you're making it yeah. hard for me to want to like you. But at that point, I'm just like, I just want you to die. Though to be fair, he him taking that butt kicking in the uh, the bar was a little bit like, okay, a little karma there. That, 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 that. Yeah, but it was against like a rapist dude. Yeah. No, I know. That's one thing. It's like, how do we make this despicable character worse? We put him against someone who's just as bad, if not worse, than him. In some. Yeah. But, uh, JC, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think it's Sam Rockwell's uh, Florida Project. Actually, one of the few movies uh, nominated that I didn't get to see. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's his year to win. He's a big favorite at minus 800. Uh, it's pretty much between those two. Um, kind of bummed that Richard Jenkins doesn't have more of a chance, but he didn't really – wasn't given as much to do in The Shape of Water, so I sort of get that. Yeah, no, I mean, he's great. Like, he was great, though. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, his, his performance is great. I think he was – he acted the part great. It's just – Part of my complaint with Shape of Water is that he's such a broadly defined character throughout the entire thing. So it's it's not as media role as say The Visitor when he was nominated that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which by the way, if you guys have not seen The Visitor, go watch The Visitor. That movie is amazing. It's really really good. I think at least. Uh, best actress. Okay, this is gonna be fun. Um, whew, I this is, this is gonna be I think another kind of semi split one. But yeah, like, I, uh, I, I want to hear what you think. I think the favorite for a lot of people in my pick as well is Francis McDormand. But, you know, when it comes to, like, who's second best, I mean, other than Meryl Streep, because she was fine in The Post, but it's not anywhere near her best performance. Uh, the other three nominees are equally as good as the others, in my opinion. Sally Hawkins, Margot Robbie, and Saoirse Ronan. I wouldn't be unhappy to see any of them win. Um, yeah, no, Francis is my favorite. But I wouldn't be surprised if Sally Hawkins kind of sneaks in the win. Either that or even Lady Bird. Because the thing is, I feel like as much as I love I, Tanya, I feel like that's it's a movie that's going to come out with nothing. Yeah. Like, it's going to get the nominations with no wins. And, well, uh, uh, sorry, no, not no wins, uh, aside from Jenny. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, I love Margaret Robbie so much in this. But, no, she's it's it's not her year, I don't think. No, she's but still it, very it's, new. It's, it's Francis' year. Yeah. Uh, JC? Yeah, she's the overwhelming favorite at minus uh, 2,500. Saoirse Ronan oh, coming dang. in. Yeah, Saoirse Ronan coming in second, uh, plus 750. Uh, I feel like Saoirse Ronan is. I think Best Actress, I think, is one of those categories where, where Hollywood sort of s- seems to define who the next, you know, it girl is. And uh, Margot Robbie's definitely had moments to shine before Itani, even though this is her first. Uh, I believe this is the first nomination. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I feel like people really love Saoirse Ronan. They love her work ethic. Um, I think she's a fantastic actress, uh, even though she's already been 
you know, I have some recognition with Brooklyn. Um, Anna Tomlin. Yeah, and she's she's still ascending, and so I feel like if, if she were to sneak in and take an award, this would be the one. But yeah, I, I think uh, Francis is too big of a favorite. Yeah, I think Saoirse she needs a film that is the undeniably the best, like the best performance of the year. Like, you know, that's the thing is like if it wasn't for Francis McDormand, I would say absolutely Saoirse. But it's like, yeah, maybe maybe next time kind of thing. But yeah, from what I heard, like. I know a couple people actually met Saoirse in, like, Sundance or some of the other festivals that she's been at, and they've all said, she's like, yeah, she's a sweetheart. Like, she's she's super, super cool. So, I, good for her. That's, that's just awesome. Uh, and plus, I just love hearing her speak in her Irish accent. It's just, it's just like, yeah. About it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that was maybe one thing that's, it's not really a huge knock against Lady Bird, but I guess I've just gotten too accustomed to hearing her normal voice, because every now and then you can hear her slip into her Irish vowels. <laughs> I'm just like... Those A's, man, those A's and those E's will sometimes kill you when you're trying to do with American accent. <laughs> yeah. But uh, going from there, you know, why do I even need to talk much about Best Actor? Is, is there any doubt that Gary Oldman's going to win? No. Unfortunately. No, not at all. Oh, unfortunately. <laughs> why do you say that? Yes, yes, unfortunately, because I'd rather, um, like, again, I still think Daniel Kaluuya, like, I want him to win, <laughs> but I know he's not going to. Um, I need... <laughs> And Gary Oldman, at the very least, it's like, I know he's the favorite, but it feels like almost, it's also like the most Oscar baity of all of these. No, and sure. a lot, the thing is, is a lot of times, um, like at least I've kind of realized this, is that a lot of times when they talk about Gary Oldman, they don't really talk about the performance as much as they do how much he looks like uh, Winston Churchill. Like, I, like I get like I haven't seen it, so I can't. This is just like oh. just based on what I know. Um, but uh, a lot of times I just hear like um, I don't hear as much about like like what he brings to the role as much as it's just like oh he looks so much like Win Churchill and kind of incorporates like the major part of his personality. But like I don't really know. Like I might I might be just, just be talking out of my ass, but no, no, no and I just I don't I don't hear as much unqualifying praise as I should as much as I hear like say like Timothy mm-hmm. yeah no and I can get that and Gary Oldman's definitely the showiest of these performances I mean even even showier than Daniel Day-Lewis who has made a career off of showy performances but uh, that's the thing that I actually really love because having watched Darkest Hour and Darkest Hour isn't even my favorite movie of the year it was it was good it had a few flaws and stuff but freaking um, Gary Oldman yeah it's it's one of those weird things where it's so the, the fact that he disappears into the role not just with the fat suit but just his mannerisms and the way that he inhabits the voice, inhabits the performance style of uh, Winston Churchill, you just never guess that was him unless you saw his name on the credits. Yeah, that's that's I, I agree with that, and because I think of the the year that Daniel Day Lewis won for Lincoln, and you know people have this idea of of Lincoln, and you can liken that to Churchill too, and that these are these great leaders of our past, and you imagine them as these big booming personalities with huge voices that must have like led. You know, uh, you know, people just by their will alone, and like Winston Churchill was just kind of this like, you know, meekly, meekly voice or not meekly voice, but just like he would mumble. You wouldn't really understand what he'd talk. He sort of waddled around like it, <laughs> nothing like visually super impressive about him. But like, but yeah, Gary Oldman still was able to personify leadership and and all of that in that role. And so yeah, I think. Uh, and in that he takes it. Um, I do still, I really love the story that I heard Jordan Peele say about Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya um, 
where the the thing he does with his eyes when he sort of makes them almost pop out as they're as they're tearing up, like he did, did that in the audition. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, they made him do that like three times, and each time he did it, yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> it, that's impressive. It's a striking image for sure. Absolutely. And yeah, like as I was like on the 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 horror news radio when I was talking about Get Out recently, and. I was talking about how this is like one of the more subtle perform. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna win, but I feel like it's so much of a more subtle performance that it's the least showy of of the five. That it feels like I had mentioned this that it doesn't feel like it's acting. It feels like this is him just naturally reacting to the situations around him. And I felt like this is it feels more real to me. Yeah, there's despite a ton- the situation not being real at all. Yeah, there's a ton of really small moments that are just like really good. Like the first time they offer to help him quit smoking and he just kinda smiles and is like, No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like small stuff like that. That's that's what it is. And then to like the end when everything's going out like he's been through so much shit that he's just kinda mentally broken. And like you even look at it in his face and like there's there's nothing there. But then when he uh like after he ran over uh, what's her name Georgina, a uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but uh, when he like he's like, oh, I could just drive away and avoid the situation. But thinking back to like that whole thing when he's talking about like how he just left his mom, uh, like he could have helped his mom, but he didn't. He didn't want to re- repeat of that situation. So you see like the internal struggle. He has like, don't do it, don't do it. But he does it anyway because like, listen, I can try and save this person, yeah. so I'm gonna try. The, the way he... like. No, yeah, so the way that progresses is just like it's incredible to me. Yeah, the way he portrays broken, like you said, even if you if you get if you watch the uh, the alternate ending, uh, the alternate ending spoiler alert is him going to jail for for having killed all those white people, uh, <laughs> and uh, the, the, the way in that cell he just portrays like completely broken. It was just like, nah, it's, this is where I need to be. <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> Also, just out of curiosity, what are the odds for Roman J Israel? Oh boy, uh, plus thirty three hundred. So not Ooh. good. That's what the fuck it's not because no one knows gonna win that shit. Not even Denzel. I'm still mad this nominated the first place. Yeah. yeah, it's like he he was probably gonna go to the Oscars anyway. He didn't have to give him a nomination. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna put the camera on him anyway. <laughs> I'm still arguing that fucking Robert Pattinson should have taken that spot. That'd be Damn. interesting. Which is was... the weirdest sentence I have ever thought. <laughs> hey, if there's two-time Oscar nominee Jonah Hill, there could be Oscar nominee Robert Pattinson also. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you told me this like 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face. Yeah. That I would even think that. Like, hey, Robert Pattinson should be nominated over Denzel. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> uh, so I'm just curious, too. What are uh, Gary Oldman's actual Vegas odds um, for, for winning? Uh, minus 2,500. Okay, wow, yeah. Yeah, so pretty big favorite. <laughs> All right, and then the final two coming up here. Best Director. So, um, you know, the more I say this and realizing that, okay, Guillermo del Toro is probably going to win, the more angry I kind of am that he's the predicted favorite. Because, I mean, you know, he's, he directed Shape of Water fine, but when I think about the other films on here that I did like more, at least uh, definitely Lady Bird, where I think Greta Gerwig, I think, is one of the better director nominees, and, and Jordan Peele, I'm just like... Okay, I mean it's him getting his dues, so fair enough. Uh, what do you think, Shaq? Um, no, I'm still I'm still 100 percent fucking shape of water because like, it, like I, I get your sentiment, but at the same time, like Guillermo is such like he did such an incredible job in this, and it's it's like you mentioned with the with the 
with Gary Oldman and Sam Rockwell in the sense that, like, it feels like it's him getting his due for, like, the long, like, the amount of work he's put into all of his stuff. And he's he's been unfairly, like, not unfairly not recognized, at least in terms of the Academy, aside from, like, Pan's Labyrinth. But uh, I feel like this is his time for him to take it. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. No, like, uh, that being said, that being said... I would love if Jordan Peele wins it, but I know he's not going to. Man, that would be insane if Jordan Peele won for Best Director. <laughs> um, uh, JC, what about you? Uh, yeah, I think it would be Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. He's a pretty big, uh, pretty big favorite, minus 1,000. Um, Nolan, plus 600 for Dunkirk. Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele are third and fourth, which is disappointing. Um, yeah, uh, Jordan Peele being fourth... It, yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. I, I wish Greta Gerwig had more of a chance, uh, but she's young, and this is an extremely strong showing for a first outing, even for Jordan Peele too. Uh, so, yeah, I think they'll definitely have their day. Um, it just—it still would be nice to be for them to be recognized more for these movies. Yeah, and get ready for more Sacramento in her films because apparently she announces, like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to make three more movies set in Sacramento," or at least that's. The plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. The Sacramento Quadrilogy. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, and then uh, best picture. This ought to be fun because um, I think personally, Three Billboards is going to win best picture. Just only only by the sense that the Baftas are usually pretty good at predicting best picture winners. Not always, but they have a consistent track record on that. And then it won the Golden Globe. And um, what I forget what won the Ensemble Prize for Screen Actors Guild. Um 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 um. um I'll, I'll check in this. But yeah, so no, I think Three Billboards will win just because it's one of those things, too, where, you know, in a year with full of, like, you know, like, awards, baity kind of stuff, it just so happened that Three, Bo- Three Billboards was accidentally relevant, you know, kind of thing, where it's like, I'm sure Mark McDonough had no idea this whole movement of Me Too was coming when he made Three Billboards, so it just kind of worked, it, the stars aligned in his favor. Yeah, um... Sorry, I'm still tr- I'm still trying to look for your oh, ensemble no, no, thing. Uh, three billboards, one ensemble too. So yeah, there we go. Okay, so there you go. But, um, More of a chance there. <laughs> yeah, um, you know how I've been like team get out for everything mm-hmm. since <laughs> since these nominations came out, but I know for a fact it's not going to win because of like some story I read yesterday that a lot of the older Academy members are just counting it out without actually seeing it. They're like, oh. um... Like, oh, this shouldn't be nominated. Like, I, I don't get it. And one, which is representative one, they should man Like, if you're going to fucking nominate this thing for best picture, all of those need to, must mandatory be screened. Oh, sorry. It should be screened mandatorily for everyone who's nominating or who's voting for best picture. Yeah. Knows the entire Academy. But, like, it should be required that they all see every movie instead of, like, Going like, oh no, I don't get it, and not wa- and not even bothering to watch it. Well, and that's the problem is that why so like the best pictures seem kind of lopsided or weirdly like, why did this get nominated? Just because people vote for their friends often, you know, they don't watch the movie. They're just like, oh well, hmm, my friend. But it's more, so. it, it's an example of like the like I know they're making steps to like adding more like inclusivity and diversity in terms of like younger and more. Uh, diverse like racially uh perspectives and stuff into the academy but at the same time there's still that really wide divide between them and then the academy like the established academy which is like typically like old white dudes and a lot of times that will lead to just like a lot of bullshit because i remember when uh what was it when uh 12 years a slave won 
And then it came out that a lot of Academy voters just voted for it out of, like, what seems like white guilt. Like, I didn't see it, but it felt important, so I'm just going to vote for it. <laughs> and that kind of shit bothers the fuck out of me. Because that just makes it seem like it's so, like, cor- corrupt's not, I don't feel like corrupt's the right word. It's lazy. But It's it, lazy, yeah. It, that's, that's it. It's lazy. And, and to be fair, I mean, like, even bringing in new voters, if they still do the same problem where they're just like, oh, I watched Get Out and none of the other films, it's not helping the problem. I mean, it's not fixing anything. But that's, that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I want, like, yeah, if you're going to not, like, get nominated for Best Picture, the, honestly, that should be, it should just stick to a strict 10 again. Um, yeah, I agree. But, at the, but if it's nominated, I feel like it's your responsibility as an Academy member to go out of your way to watch all of them, regardless of who, like, who's in it whether you're interested in it or not you have a responsibility to do so yeah that, now with that whole diatribe out of the way <laughs> I, yeah, I, <laughs> I still haven't even named what i picked yet <laughs> um i want to say three billboards but i feel like i have a really 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 slight feeling that the shape of water might take it but i i like i i get three billboards this is my like super close second but i feel like it could sneak out a win Okay. It's, it's yeah. so Shape of Water. Awesome. And then JC? Um, well, to kind of echo uh, Shaq's point, uh, yeah, I feel like the, the technology exists where you can either create links to, to send to everybody that can ensure who's watched what. It just takes a little right. bit more effort to, to do that sort of thing. Um, I'm For this, I'm actually going to uh, break from Vegas a little bit uh, and sort of employ the strategy I did with Spotlight. The Three billboards of Shape of Water are are pretty evenly matched as far as the two favorites, uh, and then third is is Get Out, and beyond that, everything else is is just not even doesn't have a shot in hell. And so, <laughs> I would pick Get Out, but also I I was thinking about this a few weeks ago, and, and thinking about the Silence of the Lambs, which is another horror movie that had come out in February, and and I think of how how quickly a lot of things from get out has resonated with, with popular culture, like the sunken place. And, you know, a lot of things about get out the way, the way it's resonated as quickly as it has in, in pop culture and, and the way, um, the silence of the lambs has like stood the test of time. Um, especially also in pop culture and things like that. And so it makes me think that get out has a real, real chance. Uh, and so because of that, I actually would, would choose get out. No, and it's also fair, uh, it's plus uh, five fifty, so pretty decent money if you win. Yeah, and to be fair, it's a lot harder for a film to win Best Picture if it doesn't have a directing nominee. Martin Madonna was not nominated for Best Director, so I would not. I mean, that, that's a fair point to make because you know, Get Out and Ship of Water both have directing nominees to help boost their profile for sure. So uh, I do like we all actually were split on that one for Best Picture. Yeah, that being said. If if Get Out does win, I will cheer harder than I have in my entire life. You know what? I, <laughs> At least not win. Oscars. Actually, no. Scratch that. It won't be as big as last year because last year was like pure vindication. But <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> get, no, if Get Out does win, I will cheer my ass off. If Get Out wins, I will let you open the podcast with your cheering. You can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're gonna say, JC. Sorry, I think you cut it off. Get out there. Oh, no, yeah, I was, uh, actually, I kind of forgot. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Mm. Hey, there we go. We actually had a few big ones that we all um, had split opinions on. So I can't wait to see. I have mine listed down here and on my Gold Derby profile. So uh, when we come back next week, I'm sure we'll, 
you know, we'll have a good discussion to see who actually won the, the you know, for our little bit, uh, Oscar pool here, you know? And since Ian is not here again because he's not here being a renaissance man and being busy with stuff, um, I feel like we should ask him in the chat, like, before the Oscars start, ask him for his nomination so then if he shows up for, if he comes for, like, the post show, um, like, the post Oscar show, then he can say, like, oh, I, I voted for this and it won, so I win. Yeah, <laughs> so no, we got to no make cheating. sure we got to hold him to it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good point. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get his ballot before Oscar night. We'll make sure. Yeah, we'll, then we'll mention it on the post show to say what he got. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll I'll add it to like a comment below the uh, the podcast when Chris puts it up. So, mm-hmm. good. All right, on that point, then uh, we're going to move on to our final segment, our retrospective look at the best of the best for the last decade. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Just you know, even just reliving some of these you know past films when we've talked about them, it's just a great experience. You're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that movie. I should go watch it again, kind of thing. It's just it's. Really, really great. And uh, yeah, so I want to talk about the two big categories. I mean, we skipped over a bunch of technical categories because, I mean, I'm sure there's some weirdo out there who wants to hear us talk about the best short films that came out in the last decade. And I'm the retrospective on the best sound editing, yeah. sound mixing, <laughs> even though we don't really know to that detail, like how what it is. <laughs> I mean, there are some good sound categories out there. I mean, I mean, there is. But, like, at the same time, it's like, I'm not going to go, like, man, I, I, I love the mixing in this, because I don't know shit about mixing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'm not gonna, we're not going to, sorry, folks, we're not going to cover those categories, but we're going to talk about the big ones that matter here for Best Director. And, okay, I'm just, I'm very curious to see what you guys pick for this one, because Director, you know, there's so many, many, many notable picks here, just both in winners and in nominations, so... Uh, JC, let's start with you on this one. Like, what would you say are your top three favorite winners and then notable nominees? Uh, this is from 2007. Uh, yeah, so from 2007 to present. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, I really liked La La Land, and Damien Chazelle is a really talented director. And so, yeah, that movie from, from the opening... I feel like a lot of people with La La Land, I think, were either immediately taken in by that op- opening number... Or completely turned off by it, and so yep. <laughs> so, we have so two, that, we have both groups here present. So. Yeah, so so that opening number I think uh, really worked for me. Uh, Cohen's for No Country for Old Men um, is another great one, and huh, it's weird. Beyond that, um, Ritu, uh, I liked Birdman more than I liked The Revenant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those would be my picks of director for the last decade. Uh, a lot of other things here. Gravity, I thought, was okay. Um, I harbor resentment towards his King's Speech, and I always will. Because uh, <laughs> that should have been that should have been David Fincher. Uh, but yeah, uh, Cohen's Inaritu and Chazelle. Awesome. And then uh, any notable nominees that you would mention from that? Uh, well, I talked about David Fincher. <laughs> okay, yeah, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, I love The Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, Scorsese is is one of my favorite directors. Uh, So that was a really great movie. Uh, I like Midnight in Paris, even though I know Woody Allen's got his history that sort of turns people off. His raging scumbag. Yeah. Uh, And David O. Russell, every now and then, uh, he, he directs movies that are kind of right up my alley in The Fighter. Well, not his best, I, I think was one that, that I really liked a lot. And uh, I love uh, There Will Be Blood, too. 
Indeed. So I'm curious, though, uh, if you say it's not his best, uh, what would you say is your favorite David Russell movie? Uh, I like the Silver Linings Playbook. I, I get a lot of re rewatchability out of that. I like the uh, the chemistry between uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, so that's probably one I'd, I'd gravitate more towards. Okay. No, I agree. I, mean, I really love Silver, Silver Linings Playbook. So, all right then, uh, Shaq, my man. What is your yeah. top three winners? All right. So my top three, uh, as with all of these, these are in no order, but. Um, uh, I know you said that you thought it was only okay, but I fucking adored Gravity. That was one of the, like, not since, like, Dunkirk was, like, maybe the close in terms of just, like, how tense I felt during the, the whole movie. That was just nerve-wracking to me. Yeah, it's an impressive technical um, exercise for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Gravity. Um, I'll say Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker. Yeah. Because... That one, just like Gravity, is fucking intense and shit for the entire run through, and it's uh, one. Also, not enough women, uh, female directors get credited, and especially uh, her for getting nominated for such a really fucking great movie. Uh, I thought it was really well deserved, uh, such a well deserved win. Um, and uh, third one, I'll say uh, Danny Boyle for Slumdog Millionaire because I talked at length on this show about how much I fucking love Danny Boyle and. Slumdog was again, as they keep mentioning, it was like the little movie that could because no no one expected it to do as well as it did. And at the same time, I was like, "It's Danny Boyle. You had this." You know what? I actually I feel like people kind of crap on Slumdog Millionaire now and sort of make fun of it. And it, it I liked it a lot at the time, and I think to I, me it still really stands up. Yeah, I don't care what they say. I it's, love it's Slumdog Millionaire. Great. Yeah. 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 Um, in terms of nominees, um. I gotta mention the two because I fucking adore these: <laughs> Barry Jenkins and George Miller, <laughs> Mad Max and Moonlight. <laughs> My two favorite fucking movies in like the past like decade. Um, other than that, uh, Richard Linklater for Boyhood. Boyhood gets shit on a lot now because it is basically just a gimmick, but it's an impressive ass gimmick that he manages to fucking pay off in such a beautiful way yeah i want to see all those haters enough credit to i want to see those haters trying to make a film over 12 years it doesn't it's not as easy as you think and exactly um yeah like uh like jc mentioned wolf of wall street chris scorsese um yeah david fincher uh is there anyone else uh yeah david russell for silver linings and the fighter uh but more so for silver linings um what else what else what else what else uh Oh, and uh, Ron Howard for Frost Nixon. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love Frost Nixon. That's one that's unfairly forgotten, too, I think. Because, I mean, to be fair, it is a very much a, an actor's piece. You know, it's all about the actors, you know, banter back and forth with each other. But it's a really well-made movie, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, also, I wish that, uh, you know, he did get nominated for it, but I wish uh, Chazelle got nominated for uh, Whiplash instead. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been yeah, good. To, to be fair, uh, looking at year, who would have been removed? I mean, because all those nominees were great that year, too. Who, who were... Honestly, I would have taken out Adam McKay for the big short. Cause the thing uh, is, no, no, that is... was the year after. Oh, was that, was that year? Oh, no, 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 the year after. Was, oh, I'm taking out fucking Invitation Game. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be fair, I love Zildem as a director, but sure, fine. I can I can live with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, poor Martin Tildum. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just happened to make passengers. It wasn't his fault, man. 
I know. <laughs> uh, go watch. Man, what about you? Okay, yes, me. What, what What does Justin think about this? Well, you guys take most of the obvious answers, but I will say of the obvious answers, the one I'll borrow from you guys is Danny Boyle because I think Danny Boyle's great. You know, Slumdog Millionaire. That was the guy. You know, I was that guy too. Early on, I watched it uh, when it came out in Salt Lake City. And I was a guy, me and my friend, we were dancing in the theater during the final number. We told all our friends to go watch it. We played the soundtrack in our car. We're just like, this movie Love the soundtrack. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I actually just re-downloaded it on my iPhone the other day. So I'm just like, yeah, I haven't listened to these songs in forever. They're really, really good. Like, Man, you're in the studio just still listening to Jaiho again. Oh, yeah, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a great song. I love talking about it. Anytime we talk about Slumdog with you... Uh, Slumdog Millionaire, you have to talk about Jai Ho because it's so good. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, and then for second, I mean, I'll pick back Catherine Bigelow as well because Hurt Locker is amazing. And I, I mentioned it before, but just that the fact that she can make a movie about men that is more masculine than other movies directed by male directors, you know, that's that's an impressive talent for Catherine Bigelow herself, you know? Right? It's an It's an action movie ostensibly, but just like – a really, really grim one. You know, I don't even think it's an action movie. It's kind of a slice of life movie that happens to be about a war. You know, like the action when it happens is just so happenstance almost in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's why I love that stuff. And then my third is actually kind of a split because I mean, <sighs> Damien Chazelle is also really, really good. But I want to pick give a spotlight to two other people who I loved a lot. Um, Ang Lee for Life of Pi. I I love Life of Pi, and I think. The, the, just the fact that Life of Pi can be so impressive on both a technical and storytelling level in equal measures is something that I really, really love about it. It's like, yeah, it's really pretty to look at, and at the end, it totally moves you. You're just like, wow, I did not see that coming. And I get it. I mean, obviously, if you're, it is much more religiously inclined, but I think even on just an emotional level about the idea of the story, I think it really gets gets across that same point. Um, and then a shout out to Michelle Hazanavicius uh, for the artist. <laughs> I know, the standard to pronounce ever. But, uh, you know, yes, yeah, the artist, it's kind of, like, so many of these movies that get unfairly maligned, it's like, oh, well, Boyhood's a gimmick, the artist is a gimmick, this movie's a gimmick. It's like, yeah, but the artist is just so professionally done. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so, it nails everything that makes it. Like, it feels more sincere. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not trying to rip off something, it's trying to be a silent movie made in the modern day. And yeah, plus sometimes the gimmick is, seems more of a challenge. Like, that's why I think of the three challenges between the artist, um, uh, I forgot the other movie, uh, artist, boyhood, and, like, Birdman. I think Birdman is probably the easiest of those three challenges because it's more theatrical. But, like, yeah, that's, gimmick or not, that's it's a hard thing to, to do. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, so then for notable not, I mean, first of all, um, I mentioned it with cinematography, but Julian Schnabel for The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, that movie is fantastic. Everyone should watch it. It is moving. It's touching. It is arty, but it's arty in that way that, you know, the best French films are that are accessible to a wide audience. Uh, I have a soft spot for Quentin Tarantino from Glorious Bastards. I, I know, not everyone loves that movie, but I just... We already, I already had my rant on, like, I think, like, one or two episodes ago. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll probably hate me for this one, too, but I, this is the one movie I'll defend him on, and I really, really love it. Uh, Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life. I know, I'm that guy. I, I, uh... I love Tree of Life. I, I, I love Tree of Life so much, I am willing to never, ever watch another Terrence Malick movie to not hinder my enjoyment for that film. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, and kind of going with my indie picks here, uh, 
Ben Zeitlin for Beast of the Southern Wild. I was so shocked and happy that he got nominated for that film. Uh, Lincoln for Spielberg. I think Lincoln is one of his most restrained works that he's done in the last few years. And I really like seeing that side of Spielberg instead of just only the showy Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Should have got nominated for Tintin, damn it. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that was different, but it was still a... I know. I know. I know it's never it was never gonna get nominated at all, but like man, that's that's still my favorite Spielberg in decades. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Um and then uh the last two here I'll pick are Lenny Abrahamson for Room. I think that was you know, Room is great and the fact that he Room is great. Yeah, the fact that he could get so much out of so little. You know, when you think like there's so few sets, there's only so many actors on screen at any given point, and he could just wring every motion out of you for that one. Uh and then I know you said maybe not Adam McKay, but I love The Big Short. And I thought uh, the fact that Adam McKay can transition from freaking Talladega Nights to doing a movie like The Big Short, it, that's that's pretty impressive on itself. And he, he used a lot of the same filmmaking techniques in a lot of these films. Uh, yeah. And yet he found a way to channel it into something smarter and something more meaningful, which I, I really respected a lot for that. So, yeah, those are my picks for directors. And uh that's a pretty good list so far. I mean, there's some other ones I really wish we could have talked about, but... I know, like, uh, Arrival was unfairly kind of... Sn- I feel like Un- Arrival didn't get as much love from the Oscars as it should have, because it's... God, it's fucking incredible. Um, yeah, that's still one of my favorite experiences of watching that movie, walking out with my family, and we just talked about it for half an hour. Just like, what a that's, Yeah, for, honestly, like, I remember the first time I saw it back at TIFF, and I was like sitting. I was like, "Oh, it's it's all right," but I'm not really crazy about it. And that reveal happens, and you're like, "Oh!" It made me think back about everything I just saw, and it blew my fucking mind. <laughs> like that—that that is, yeah. This another one where, like, just like you, I was dis- like, I was with like a couple friends of mine, and we just spent hours just like dissecting it and talking about it. And it was, God, it's so good. <laughs> All right, so then moving on to Best Picture. Now, this is interesting for picking winners because a lot of the winners were the exact same as the nominees, I mean, as the director winners. So <laughs> um, this is going to be interesting. Uh, Shaq, what do you think for your best uh, winners in this one? All right, b- best winners. Um, obviously, number one, fucking Moonlight. <laughs> best, Not just the best, maybe the best win uh, since 3-6. Um, <laughs> the best win in period in Oscar history since three six, but no, it's just it's such a beautiful, incredible movie that I fucking bawled at by the end of it. Um, after that, Hurt Locker again. It's really incredible fucking film. I didn't expect it to love it as much as I did, but I did. And third, um. You know, despite my rant earlier about like the people like being un- almost unfairly winning, but Twelve Years a Slave is really does deserve that win because it's it's a rough fucking watch, but it's such a powerful watch. And the part and the thing is, is about Twelve Years a Slave is that the part that got me the most wasn't the actual like the brutality parts, like the parts where like he's getting his ass beat by like Michael Fassbender. It's well, spoiler alert, the part where he goes home. Yeah, when he sees his family again, that got me so fucking hard that I was crying for at least like a good twenty, thirty minutes after the movie was done, just thinking about that, like how much time had gone since he had last seen his family and shit, and just ugh, 
Like, even right now, I'm getting a little bit emotional thinking about it again. No, even his, uh, uh, his first lines to them, you're just like, no, I'm sorry for my absence. Wait. It's just, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're like, there's just, there's just no way, there's, there's no right way to start that conversation, you know, after you've been exactly. that long. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that was that that was rough. I agree. But uh, yeah, then uh, any favorite notable nominees for best picture? Notable nominees? Okay, yeah. Obviously, once again, the one that should have won for every year since and since then. <laughs> Fucking Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say. Actually, I'll, I'll 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 drift off in a different way. I'll say the entire, well, almost the entirety of 2010. Like every other movie. Oh, I thought you were gonna say 2010. Um, like uh, the the oh, no, that's right. That's 2012. That was the, <laughs> no, no. I'm talking about the year 2010. Okay, okay. Like when it was like 137 hours, Black Swan, The Fighter, Inception, all that stuff. Because fucking King's Speech to me is like the worst Best Picture winner in like the past like 20 years. I agree. Um, <laughs> worse than Crash. Worse than I fucking. The thing is, Crash I feel gets unfairly hated. Like it's like it should have been broke back, but. Crash is still I still dug it a lot. Yeah, I at do least too. I haven't I haven't rewatched it since, so it might fall out of favor. But I still think it was all right. But fucking King's Speech is like you have maybe the most excellent class of Oscar nominees right here, and you give it to the sh- the most fucking Oscar baby bullshit. Fuck out of here. <laughs> that was the most furious I've ever been with the Academy for a Best Picture win ever. Yeah, I'm like right even there with more you. so than like when uh people were mad about Shakespeare in Love winning because Shakespeare in Love. I kind of, like, I was like, you know what? I get it. Like, it's not saving Private Ryan, but, like, I can see enough merit. Fucking King's Speech and fuck off somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2010 and 2011, I think, are the two best examples of a Best Picture mo- movie should stand the test of time as far as, like, how it stands out in pop, pop culture. Like, 2010, no, like, nobody ever talks about the King's Speech anymore. People still talk about Social Network, Toy Story 3, Inception, Inception, Black Swan, even Black Swan, of, yeah, yeah. And in 2011, yeah, people still talk about the Help. People still talk about uh, you know Midnight in Paris. I think War Horse gets a lot of uh, a love still. Even Moneyball, as far as being a baseball movie. I'm not uh, sure I'm with you on that one, but <laughs> yeah. Well, 2010 does have more examples, I think, of like movies that that stand the test of time, uh, and that's what I think a best picture movie should be. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. Yeah, no, I'll just name just a few last ones. Uh, Whiplash, uh, District 9, which that one, I feel like if it wasn't for the 10, it wouldn't have gotten nominated. But the fact that it did made me so happy. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I won't steal all of them, so I'll say that's it. <laughs> I already <laughs> stole all of 2010. So. <laughs> all right, then, JC, what are your favorites? Um... Favorites, uh, yeah, probably No Country. Um, I need to rewatch The Hurt Locker because you've you've convinced me I need to see that again. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, Birdman, and I give it to Spotlight just because it gave me that 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 pot win that one year. Because <laughs> it made uh, you money. <laughs> yeah, because people are like, "You really predicted that?" I'm like, "I sure did." To be fair, so we, are, we aren't going with best winners. You're going with favorite winners, and that made yeah. you money. So you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, favorite, any notable nominees on that? Um, well, I mean, yeah, we, 2010. Uh, a lot of good examples of the last decade. Social Network might be my favorite movie, and so yeah, that's why I will always harbor resentment towards The King's Speech, uh, Moneyball. I've talked about how much I loved. I'm trying to look at movies I haven't talked too much about uh, on the other episodes. Um, 
There will be blood, really solid nominee. That was that was a good year. I think it was one of the last five movie nominee years, and so that was a, a really good good crop of five strong movies. I still have not um, seen Michael Clayton yet, so I need to watch that at some point. Yeah. Uh, Every time su- I saw the ads for that, I'm just like, it's George Clooney in a suit running somewhere. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. So. <laughs> no, there's nothing, nothing there's anything wrong with that. But it's one of those things that, like, you say Michael Clayton, I'm like, that's a generic name, and I see only George Clooney. I don't see whatever his character is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, JC. Okay. That's all right. Um, I, I talked about how a serious man sort of, uh, I didn't like it at first, and then it just kind of crept up on me, and it, now it's come, going on to become one of my favorite Coens. Um, the Help, I think, is one that... Uh, People still kind of talk about it in in not comedic ways because of the one couple of remem- uh, memorable scenes, but I think it's an overall really good movie. Uh, I haven't talked too much about another episode of Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, I think that was just a really solid, yeah. fascinating look at at how um, you know the capturing of Osama bin Laden went down. Jessica Chastain really amazing in that movie. Um, 2013 was a really cool year too. I I, lo- I loved Captain Phillips. Um, oh yes. yes, yeah. Even the the ending scene where Tom Hanks uh, is just kind of portraying that like traumatized victim. Um, like he was calm, well calm-ish for most of the movie. Yeah, and that's the moment where he just like lets go. Yeah. Um, my favorite movie that year was Wolf of Wall Street, but I can sort of see how it's just kind of a hollow hollow pick when you consider. You know how impactful Twelve Years a Slave was. Um, yeah. How unique her was. Um, yeah. So that uh, those. Um, I'm not a huge Wes Anderson guy, but I really do like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I'm one of the few people who really, uh, despite the the one scene with the incredibly fake baby, I like American Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that movie too. So yeah. Um, Whiplash is amazing. I think we've 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 all gone in agreement there. Uh, Brooklyn, I like I I like really I like romantic stories and I like uh, it's Brooklyn's not exactly a romantic comedy, but I, I do kind of like romantic comedies and uh, I, I I really like Saoirse Ronan. So Brooklyn is is one that gets a rewatch from me every now and then. Uh, I love The Big Short. I love how the dialogue is sort of Aaron Sorkin ish, uh, even yeah. though Aaron Sorkin didn't write it. Uh, and I think Hell or High Water uh, was one of those where I was surprised it was nominated, was glad it was nominated because it's such a fantastic movie. Uh, didn't think it would get nominated, but yeah, I was glad to see it. Um, and uh, La La Land. Well, there we go. Yeah. All those are great picks. So, uh, you know, it's funny, too, because actually Brooklyn, I saw that at Sundance when it premiered. Uh, actually, no, I caught it the night after the premiere. Uh, and... I was just shocked because, I mean, like, you know, I really like this movie a lot. It is very well done. But then when I saw it up for Best Picture Contention, I was just like, wow, the Academy has a longer memory than I thought because I had kind of, blo- like, I-, I saw Brooklyn and I'm just like, yeah, it was good. Again, Saoirse Ronan actually getting to do her Irish action for a change. So that was that was pleasant for me. So Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then Best Winners. Um, yeah, this is going to sound very un- unoriginal of me because I agree with pretty much most of the ones that you guys picked. I, I don't have the tip on my shoulder as much for King's Speech, but of course I'm not going to pick that one for fake. <laughs> um, God, fuck that movie! <laughs> same with Argo, though. Like, to be fair, I feel Argo was vastly overrated when it came out. Where I'm like, I liked it a lot, but 
that year too, it was a pretty stacked field with like Lincoln, Life of Pi, Zero Dark Thirty, Silver Linings Playbook, Django and well, not Django as much, but uh, Beast of the Southern. <laughs> Django's good. I like Django. No, it's not. You know, it fell out of favor with me as the years go. As I think about it more, as the years go by, it's, I've liked it less and less. Yeah. Which is kind of, it's a shame because I loved it when I first saw it. Oh, everyone did, yeah. But um, so I think for my three winners, um, I'm going to be very safe and say No Country for Old Men, Slumdog Millionaire, and The Hurt Locker. Like just those first three of the decade, they were probably damn, yeah. So, um, and then also just give a little shout out to uh, the artist because again, I, I when I saw the artist, uh, the first trailer for that movie, right off the bat, I said this is going to be the best film of the year, and. For, for me, at least, sure enough, that was my favorite movie I saw that whole year, and it won Best Picture. So I was just like, yeah, this, that, that is great. Um, so, let's see what slim pickings are left for the nominees here. <laughs> um, Oops. <laughs> you know, uh, let's see. I really, I give shout out to Precious. I think Precious was a really good Oscar nominee that year. Uh, very, very, like, I saw that way after, like, I think I saw it finally first time 2014 or 15. But it shook me really, really hard when I watched it. Uh, up in the Air, I really love that movie a lot. And Up, also, just on that same note, with lots of Up going on here. <laughs> yeah. I think... Uh, up, Up in the Air! Up, Up and Away! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, choices here. Uh, Hugo, I really liked a lot. I thought that movie was really good. Uh, Moneyball's great. I think that was a... Like, for a movie that's all about the the science of sports and that such, I, I found myself really fascinated. And I, I, it's funny because I watched it with my dad, who is a much bigger sports guy than I was. Than I am at all, and we both found a good common ground with that film. Where it's like, yeah, I like it because of how smart it is, and he likes it just because it's you know going in depth on the sports that he watches. So, really, really good bonding experience there. Uh, and now I just think like, oh yeah, if I watch Moneyball, I'll just think Inside the Locker. You know, just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so many choices here. Uh, yeah, you know, 2012 I think was a really strong year overall. Uh, you know, the way you took 2010, I'm going to take all of 2013. Because 2013, man, every one of those films, except for American Hustle, I really, really loved a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, all those are great. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Whiplash, Big Short, uh, Room, and then last one here, Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I think all of those were really, really, really well done. So, Actually, I want to toss out a problematic favorite uh, of mine. Blind Fucking... Side. No. No, not... No, man... <laughs> We will not do this. I've already had two reds today. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, Hacksaw Ridge, that first half is terrible. Like it's it's bad. No, it's like TV drama level terrible. Especially in the first five minutes when he hits his own brother with a brick, and Hugo Weaving's like slow mo beating the shit out of him. And I was like, what kind of movie is this? And then the second half happens, and it's, like, one of the most brutal war movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> no, that bit when the dude, like, the bullet goes through that guy's head and his brain splatters on him, and then he gets chewed up with machine gun fire in the beginning of the battle. That Oh, no, I'm talking, dude, even, like, the part where he takes, like, half of that dude's torso, his whole upper torso, and uses a human shield. <laughs> oh, God. Like, you can just name, like, any number of scenes of graphic violence in that movie, and you just go, like, oh, yeah, that bit when, uh, <laughs> uh oh, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, with uh, the, um, freaking what's his name, the block of wood actor. Uh, the, the big, yeah, that same guy with the shield where he... Ch- Fuck, I know what you're talking about. Um, uh, Luke Bra- Was it Luke Bracey? 
uh, yeah, Luke Bracey, yeah, where he chews up those dudes with a BAR, and, like, you see the guy where the bullet goes through his head and through the helmet, we you see the whole... Yo! <laughs> <laughs> that was literally something out of Wanted. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, you remember watching, like, the James McAvoy, like, Curbing Bullets movie? Yeah, Like, yeah. that scene, when he's, like, running through the hallway, shooting everybody in sight, he grabs one dude, shoots him point blank in the face, and just shoots people through his, like, the hole in his head, and I was just sitting there like, what? What is happening right now? Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, God, I love watching. I love the second half of Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the first half is as bad, but I do agree. The second half is the one where you just wake up. You're like, oh well, dang! <laughs> like, pacifism <laughs> stuff is still there, but it went out the window really quick because Mel Gibson's like, okay, I got that set up out of the way. Now for the good stuff. <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I should have shot that out because I forgot to <laughs> earlier. Did we expect any less than the dude who beat Jesus so hard that he bled? Like, he was a bloodier mess there than in any other movie about the crucifixion I've ever seen in The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that they're still making a sequel. So, because <laughs> I think so. Okay, so The Passion of the Christ is all about the brutality. So the sequel would be all about him talking to people and telling them that he'll be back. I believe it's the resurrection. Like, I'm assuming it's the resurrection. No, that's what but I'm saying. I so really, like... really, really want them to do the Family Guy thing. <laughs> Passion of the Christ, you crucify this, where he teams up with Chris Tucker. You know, like an action buddy comedy. Ever use one of these? <laughs> all right. On that note, this is, this is a nice discussion. So I cannot wait to see how we all end up with the, uh, the winners next week. So I'll keep a note on what everyone picked and everyone else keep a note, too. And, yeah, uh, for people who don't know, uh, the ceremony is Sunday, March 4th. Uh, at least Eastern time, it starts at 8 p.m., so I believe it's 5 p.m. Pacific. So just keep an eye on your time zone there. And, yeah, if you guys have any picks for best uh, best picture, any category, leave them on the comments. Uh, share us with us on the messages. Uh, we hope to see you all, you know, watching the ceremony, giving us your thoughts, uh, tweeting live on oneofus.net if you have any reactions. Like, hey, oneofus.net, did you see this thing at the Oscars kind of thing? That could be really fun. Um, uh, so are you guys – I mean, I think uh, – do you guys have any parties or groups or anything planned for watching the ceremony? Um, no, usually just like – I usually just chill in my living room. Actually, no, sometimes uh, my mom, she's, she doesn't usually get interested in award shows aside from like – like I, like I said, like the couple major ones, so like Grammys, Oscars, she'll always watch those, and so I'll usually watch it with her. She has she knows nothing about any of these movies, so I describe them to some of them to her, and she's like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> I should remember during the Golden Globes, she had never heard of the Room or the Disaster Artist, but she saw the, tra- the that small trailer of the Disaster Artist, and I showed her the real scenes, <laughs> and she was like. What the actual hell? Not her, not her words, because she's super Christian. But like, she was just amazed. <laughs> but yeah, no. Usually, if if I do watch it, it's just gonna be like either by myself, just like tweeting the whole thing, or with my mom, but still tweeting the whole thing. Yeah. Well, I'll be at my party, but if you ever want to message in or just you know just like hey everybody, be part of the party, you're welcome to as well. Uh, and then JC, what about you? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of different uh, party options. One of them is the. Uh... The guy hosted the Super Bowl party for this past year, and I there was like a gambling pool on that one that I that I won, and he he's got a bunch of uh, Mondo posters that he hasn't hung up, and so as as the winner, I got to choose whatever was in his flat file that he hadn't got to hang up yet, and mm-hmm. I got a really cool uh, Zodiac poster, and so I, I'm thinking of going to his to see if I can win the pot again, 
Um, but then the <laughs> other the other party is a cash pot. And so, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> ah, quality posters, money. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I'm actually uh, hoping to put up a prize as well. We're gonna I'm gonna hold ballots for all of our guests and just like, hey, uh, if whoever wins, I'm th- I'm thinking three billboards is a possible best picture like nominee to put up for a prize, but I'm still debating on that one too. So I'll say, hey, three billboards on 4K or dark, you know, hey. shower, but yeah, no, that'd be that'd be that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah. Plus, again, it's just you know whether you like the Oscars or not, whether you're interested in this or that, it's just. The Oscars are a fun experience. It's like Super Bowl. It's like any of these other big party experiences. I think it – I cannot wait to see if there's any moments like last year where we just talked about just like, dude, did you see that happen? Of course, with that, it's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, from all of us to all of you, uh, thank you for watching and – or listening. What, what do I think of uh, – if we're watching a video? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, I am tired. I have not eaten anything yet, so <laughs> – we we're doing this early in the morning because I have class in like two hours. Yeah, no, I want to make sure you get that on time. So thank you all very much, and talk to you guys next week. See ya. Oh, oh plugs. Oh yeah, sorry, plugs. Hey, there we go. Shaq. Listen, John, do your job for you. <laughs> Where would I be without you, man? I, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, JC, plug your stuff. Where can people find you on the internets? Uh, I've got the same handle on social media uh, at JC Deleon one on uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. So you can find me on there. Uh, I'm on the uh, highly suspect reviews. A, a lot of them. Uh, I'm going to try to be in on some of the, the gathering episodes. Um, I, I had a tattoo podcast on, on one of us.net and I haven't really had time to get back to it, but my, my tattoo artist hit me up a few weeks ago. He's like, we should get that going again. So I'm thinking oh, yeah. about it. I remember uh, that, that. Yeah, I saw that episode up on the uh, iTunes feed a long time ago. So I yeah. So so I'm thinking about that. Uh, maybe I think we at the time we tried to do it weekly, and I was like, maybe if we do it monthly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you could find me, JC DeLeon One. Yep, and uh, you could find Ian other places, but I noticed he had commented on the email this morning while we were recording. So he's out there somewhere. He just didn't tell us he wasn't showing up. So. Okay. Hey, Ian. God dang it, man. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Ian. <laughs> but Shaq, where are they can they find you instead? All right, you can find me, your boy Shaq Excellence, on all general forms of social media. So like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I was on Vero until I found out about the whole thing with the creator. Then I just deleted that shit so fast. Yeah, well, I, I jumped. I jumped off that ship too. <laughs> oh, well, well, yeah, what, what man. That? Like the thing is, it was such a promising thing. But then it doesn't help that like the site was buggy as shit and it took forever to start. But then when that came out, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna uninstall this." <laughs> but uh, yeah, just on anything that's not Vero, <laughs> find me at Shack Excellence. S H A K Excellence. I never even heard of Vero before. You just guys mentioned it, so. <laughs> oh, I'll mention to you. I'll mention it to you later. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then you can find me uh, here on oneofus.net. I write the notes for The Breakfast Pub. So uh, we have Zach Chapman actually recording on the episode this week, so that's awesome. And then uh, otherwise you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me sometimes on Instagram. Just message me up there. And, yeah, uh, I'll sometimes jump on episodes of the UGO podcast. We record news there. And, yeah, uh, just great, great stuff. And I totally recommend you guys check out all the other content on oneofus.net. Uh, I've been listening to the episodes of The Gathering on uh, the Subscriber Podcast, and it's been really, really fun. So I'm excited to see you on there, JC, as well, for future podcasts. So, And, yeah, there we go. So th- 